So 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Thank you, Kezia. That's so kind. And um, uh, please do keep it open. It's great to see you here. My name is Jeremy, and uh, it's a privilege to have you here, whether it's the first time that you've ever been with us or whether you've been with us many, many times before. I've got my cup of coffee with me. I don't really need a cup of coffee. I just need it to warm my hands. So I'm going to keep that down there uh, to keep me warm. Good. Please do keep that open. And uh, we're thinking today about the local church. Uh, today is our first ever Serving Sunday. We're going to be thinking about the way that we serve one another here at Trinity Church Islington. And because one of the things we do as a local church is to pray, then we're going to begin with prayer. That would seem like a good place to begin. Let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are there and that you are not silent. Thank you that you're an explanatory God, that you speak to the people that you have made. You speak into your creation. So we do ask, Father in heaven, that we would come to your word anew this afternoon, full of godly inquisitiveness, and that each one of us would find fresh truth to sustain us for the week ahead. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 
Well, it's an important thing to, to look after your body, but it's also, um, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard looking after your body. I don't know whether you find that quite time-consuming. It's quite expensive. Uh, I heard this week that we spend 10 times more on our bodies than we did 25 years ago. That amounts to uh, one and a quarter billions, billion pounds spent going to the gym, 31 billion pounds paying for beauty treatment. You can see I've skimped on that slightly over the years. And then um, healthcare costs. Does anyone know what the health budget is this year? And the King's Fund said it was 173 billion pounds to run the NHS, 173 billion pounds. That's an awful lot of money. It's, um, it's an important thing, but it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing and an expensive thing to look after our bodies. And I mentioned that because this part of the Bible is all about how we look after the body. Uh, you'll have noticed that as, as Kezia was reading it out uh, in several sections. Thank you, Kezia. And um, uh, it's all about the body. It comes um, 68 times in the New Testament, the body as a, as a picture of the local church. We're talking about the local church 68 times in the New Testament. That's the picture that's used. The New Testament church is like a body. And what we're going to be challenged on today, uh, this afternoon, is how much time and energy do we want to invest in that, in that body, in our church, uh, to make sure that it's in good condition, to make sure that it's functioning well. And to do that, we're going to need 1 Corinthians 12 as we examine our body here at Trinity Church Islington post-pandemic. And uh, we're going to have a good look at ourselves in the mirror to make sure that everything's working the way that it should be. Uh, and um, as we dive into 1 Corinthians, we'll find that Paul's talking about a wider issue. He's talking um, about the issue of spiritual gifts. And Paul brings that up as he writes to the Corinthian church. He brings that up at the beginning of chapter 12. Have a look at that down there on page 1153. Uh, because the, the church in Corinth is not a picture of health, to, to be honest. It's not in great shape. Uh, they've ended up making different uh, divisions. They, they, there are questions in the church about how in you are uh, with the various groups, where, where you are on the ladder. And, and we, all, we all do that to some extent in church. We, have a, we sort of imagine this ladder. I, I don't know if you, if you do that. At the top of the, are the famous Christians you know, the well-known ones, and they're speaking at conferences and they're writing books. That's what they do. They're at the top. And in the middle are uh, the sort of Bible study leaders and the people on the leadership team, people on staff teams, uh, people who've been to theological college. And down at the bottom are the people who, well, they're sort of ordinary Christians. You know, they're just um, common or garden, ordinary Christians. And, and so we think, of, we think of sort of good Christians and we think there are, there are bad Christians. And, 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 and so we sort of put everyone on this scale and we sort of assess where they're at. We're climbing up, climbing up to heaven. The Bible doesn't use that sort of language at all. It's not the way that God thinks about it. It's not a ladder, it's a door in, in God's thinking have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. This is, um, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by dumb idols. Okay, so they've been deceived. They've, they've walked away from God. 
verse 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. Okay, that, that sort of um, makes sense, doesn't it? And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So this is what it means to be a good Christian. This is what it means to be a spiritual Christian. You repent and call Jesus Lord. That's it. Okay? That is it. You repent and you call Jesus Lord from the heart, I take it. Not just use those words as a sort of spell or an incantation. You, you say that because you think it's true. That's the only kind of Christian there is. A, a, a Jesus is Lord Christian. Speaking by the Holy Spirit. Which every Christian receives when, when they come to Jesus. Now it is true that, that Christians have different kinds of gifts. They have different kinds of abilities. Things that they're good at. Things that they want to do. And there are two lists uh, you might notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Two lists uh, of, of different gifts. I mean, in, in our church, the list might be different. Um, some people can teach the Bible. Some people are good encouragers. Some people are good at uh, admin. Some people can sing. But Paul's point is this, and it's an important point, that doesn't make you a better Christian. Okay, it's very counterintuitive, I think, for, well, for me anyway. It doesn't make you a better Christian. Now, there, there are all kinds of differences between us, but there is no hierarchy in the Christian church. Just, just one category of people called those who've realized that Jesus is Lord. That's it. But within that, there are some important differences. And, and, and that takes us back to chapter 12. The main points are going to come up on the screen. Do use um, the service sheet if you want to, to just write down a few notes or a few questions uh, if you want to come and ask me those afterwards. But the first point of two, the first point is this. We are different from one another. Okay, we're different from one another. Uh, now my niece is a medical student and uh, she's spending two years of her life learning the anatomy of the human body. You, apparently you pick up about 10,000 words in the first two years of medical school as you learn your anatomy. 10,000 words. Some, some of the parts of your body are obvious things, um, like your hands and your shoulders and your knees. It's relatively easy learning those bits. Now, they're probably fairly, fairly familiar ideas to you, uh, you would hope. Um, but some of them are much less obvious. Um, did you know that there's a, a muscle in your face called the levator labii superioris aliquae nasi. Did you know that? And what it does, it just slightly curls your lip. Okay. Ah. That's the, uh, it's great, isn't it? The longest nail of any muscle in the body to slightly curl your lip. Um, there are lots of, different parts to the, lots of different parts to the body. And similarly, Paul makes a point about the parts of this body, the local church, in 1 Corinthians 12. Have a look down at verses 12 and 13. Um, I'll read those out, verses 12 and 13, right-hand column, halfway down. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. It's all about Jesus. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. 
So Paul's introductory point is about the one body. He uses that word one a total of five times in, in two verses. He says that we all became Christians one way. There's only one way to become a Christian, uh, by, receiving, by receiving the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that sensitizes you to the, to the person of Jesus. But he also wants us to know about the many parts to teach us that we're all distinct from each other. And he says that people are distinct, first of all, in terms of their background. Can you see that in verse 13? Um, in terms of your background, people in the local church are Jewish and Greek and they're slaves and, and they're free people. So Corinth was a sort of multicultural city, a little bit like London. It was quite a world city, the kind of place where you would have had your Italian restaurant next to your East London mosque. All kinds of different cultures. And it seems that people, as, as, as the gospel spreads like wildfire across the ancient world, and 1 Corinthians is an early letter. It's written before many of the gospels were written down. And as, as the gospel spreads like wildfire, it it's, it's also spreads to all kinds of different parts of society, uh, Jews and Greeks, it says there in, in verse 13. And, and the church had permeated the class system as well. Um, that's a great thing. I, I, I came across a quote the other day from one of my favorite um, playwrights, a guy called Al Nakebourne. You may have heard of him, but he said, leave three Englishmen on a desert island and within an hour they will have invented the class system. That's probably true. Isn't it? I mean, class just permeates everything um, in this part of the world. Well, notice that in this church there were slaves and there were free men and women belonging to Jesus Christ. Even Plato, the great writer, left slaves out of his perfect society as he wrote about it. But here, in, in the first century, slaves are fully included in the plans of God. Now, people are distinct in terms of their background. And, and secondly, they're distinct in terms of their gifts. Uh, like different body parts, they're made to do different jobs. So there, there was that... There's that list in verses 7 um, to 11. Uh, you'll see those sort of to one that's given this gift and another person has given this gift. Um, uh, we're not going to go into great detail um, about the different lists because the Bible doesn't. Uh, it's, it's, it's really there as an illustration of the huge variety of different gifts that God gives to his people, teaching that God works through us in whatever way he chooses to it's a fantastic thing. And then Paul gives us another list um, in verses 28 to 30, if you look, if you look over the page. So it's, it's a different list. Okay, Paul's just making the point that there are lots of different gifts out there, although he does number some of them. Probably the first three are numbered um, in um, verse 28 because of their impact in history. I think that's probably the reason why so. Uh, apostles, those are the original 12 followers of Jesus, and, and then prophets, which comes back in, in chapter 14. We won't have the time to look at that, but it seems to be people who uh, apply God's word um, in, in, a, in a very specific and urgent way into a particular situation. And then there are teachers, um, that means sort of pastors in the local church, and then there are four or five other gifts, um, people, for instance, who see God at work powerfully through prayer and um, but all of these are very humble God-centered grateful ordinary Christians there's no hierarchy that's the point that Paul's making but Paul's point you see is really that we're different from 
one another. That's a good thing. That's a right thing in the local church. But it makes it dangerous uh, for a start, Paul says, to, to look around the church and think to yourself, I'm, I don't belong here. It's easy to do that. To, to have a sort of inferiority complex, um, to think, um, no one really noticed if I wasn't here. Um, I probably don't matter very much. Kind of Christian inferiority. Ha- have a look at verses 15 and 16. That's, the, that's what Paul's addressing in, in those verses. Um, 15 and 16 on page 1153. This is what he writes. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. That, that makes sense, doesn't it? Or verse 16, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. A sort of Christian inferiority complex. I mean, I, I guess all of us at times um, look around church and compare ourselves with other people. That's epidemic, isn't it, in our thinking. We're always comparing ourselves with other people. And uh, sometimes we think we don't fit in because we're not very capable or because we haven't been to university or because of our age or because of the color of our skin or our, um, or our cultural background. Or maybe we feel that we're not really part of things because we can't teach the Bible. I'm sometimes aware that in a, in a church like this, we really elevate that particular gift above the others in that list. That's a very dangerous thing to do. It's just one of the gifts that God, that God chooses to use. Um, have you ever walked into church and felt you just don't belong, uh, that you've nothing to contribute? Um, like you're in a minority of one, like maybe you should go to a church where there are more people like you? Well, according to verse 18, you are in this church because God decided that you would be and he wanted you here. It's important to say that. Have a look at verse 18. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You are in this church because God decided that he wanted you here. That's a huge comfort. You know, it's no mistake that God placed you here at church. You might not see where you fit in, but God does. And that's a great thing. If, if, if you're different from other people as you look around, then that is intentional on God's part. You know, someone once said, um, uh, God makes snowflakes, but we make ice cubes. In other words, God makes everybody different, but we want everyone to be the same. Yeah? Like uniform, like a block of ice. Yeah, God makes snowflakes everyone different there's something unique about you that God wants to use here Uh, he wants you using your gift for his purpose for for the common good that's what it said in 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 chapter 12 for the common good and he wants us to depend on one another that's the second point we are dependent on one another that's the only any other point this afternoon We're different from one another, but we are dependent on one another. You see, the body isn't just made up of different parts, but all those parts have to work together as one body. Yeah, that's 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 the point of the picture. Um, And and in a sense, you know, if I was talking to my niece, 
um, she would probably point out that we've gone from the field of anatomy to the field of physiology, which is how sort of everything works together um, in the body, the way that the different parts of the body interact. So in her physiology textbook, the pages will be, will be full of interconnecting diagrams and, um, you know, to maintain your blood pressure um, takes your heart and your arteries and your kidneys and your nerves and at least three hormones. They're, they're all sort of working together, different parts of the body, to the one end. I don't think it involves the levator, labii superioris, aliquai nasae, but maybe that's just waiting to be discovered. You never know. The point is this, the beginning of verse 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, every part is needed to work together. If, if the whole body were an eye, it wouldn't work. I mean, that's a horrible picture, isn't it? Um, sometimes at Smithfield Meat Market, when, when I was a student, we used to sometimes come back quite late, and, and, the, and the meat market would be in full sort of cry. It, uh, parking restrictions between midnight and two in the morning, I was saying, I think, at Smithfield Meat Market. And sometimes, you know, someone would come past wheeling these massive bins. And if you've ever been down there, and they're all full of sort of chicken wings or pig's heads. I mean, it's horrible. You can tell that they're not alive, can't you? That's just, that's, that's not going to form a living being. And that makes it a very dangerous thing to look around church and, and think, I don't, I don't need other people. That's a sort of superiority complex. Um... Sometimes we can find people a bit irritating at church. Uh, sometimes we know that we can do things a lot better than them, um, and they're sort of getting in the way. You know, that's a, that's a dangerous thing to think, isn't it? Have a look down at verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. You know, eyes and hands, heads and feet are, are important things, but they couldn't survive on their own. They're interdependent. And we might need to remember that about church if, if we're the kind of person who gets frustrated with people around about us. Um, maybe people who aren't as good at conversation as you or, or who wear clothes which are frankly questionable or, you know, or, 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 or maybe they don't speak English very well. You know, we can lose patience quickly. Well, God's prescription for people like that is this, to give special honor to those members of the church family who might be a bit weaker that's in verses 22 and, and 23. People who are struggling, people who are a bit on the edge. That's, that's a mark of the health of the body, isn't it? That you, that you look after the bits that are, that, that are not quite so well. Um, maybe think who to text on the way home, who you, who you can encourage. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? If somebody's struggling a bit. And make sure that, that what affects one affects all. That's the point of verse 26. Yeah? What affects one affects all. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So we want to come along to prayer meetings and we want to talk honestly with each other after the service and, and to remember that, that if one person's hurting, then we're all hurting. If one person's rejoicing, then we celebrate with them. Well, let's start to put some of this together as, as we finish. This is what we need to know then in, in the local church, in our church here at Trinity Church Islington. First of all, that there is only one criterion for being a spiritual person. Okay? To know that Jesus is Lord. 
It's the only criterion you, may, you need. There are no hierarchies, no ladders, no good and bad Christians. Just a door that we need to go through as we acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ over us personally. And if you haven't yet done that, you know, then, then that is the thing to look at. And there's a course happening in the new year called Christianity Explored. And it would be a great thing to sign up for that. That's the thing to think about. Can I call Jesus Christ Lord? If I can, that is evidence of the Spirit's work in me. And so, and so then I believe that, 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 that God has put me here for a purpose. I, I have an importance in, in the local church. It's interesting, isn't it, that if, if you look on most pastors' bookshelves, that, that they have uh, lots and lots of books about the cross. That's not a bad thing, but very few books about the local church. It's right for us to, to think about the local church and to think why God has placed us in this local church. We're not so important that we don't need each other and we have a role to play. You know, on the one hand, you are a crucial part of Trinity Church Islington and, and to not realize that would be a shame. It would be a shame. You, know, you don't have to be a brilliant Bible teacher or super organized or or play the piano like Deborah to be a significant part of church, you know. You just have to have Jesus as your Lord. You know, we look at the musicians and think, I would love to be able to sing like them or, you know, play the piano. But if we were all trying to play the piano, can you imagine if we all turned up to church on a Sunday afternoon and we all crowded around the piano and tried to get a couple of hands on? I mean, that would be dreadful, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? All right. Imagine if you were in Theo's small group, for instance, uh, and you were all trying to lead the Bible study at the same time. You're all asking questions. I mean, that would just be chaos, wouldn't it? God has put the parts, verse 18, in exactly the right place. And ask yourself, are you saying that God made a mistake? God's in charge of which of us got which gifts. The insecurity comes from comparison, doesn't it? When we start to compare ourselves with one another, there's no need for an inferiority complex. God has put us here for a reason. We're significant. Now, on the other hand, we might be looking around church and thinking, I mean, we would never say this out loud, but um, I know why I'm here, but what about that? Um, a superiority complex. And uh, some of our sort of assurance comes from thinking that we're better than other people. Um, like that joke about, uh, you must have heard this, two people walking in the Rockies and um, they see a bear and one of them drops to his knees and, and fetches his running shoes from his backpack and, and, uh, and, and begins putting them on. And the other, the other guy just stares at him and says, um, there is no way that you're going to run faster than that bear. And the first guy stands up and replies, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I only have to be faster than you. And it, we're just always thinking, am I, you know, we can think to ourselves, am, am, am I better than them? Am I, am I doing better than them? Am I going to get a, a more responsible job? Is someone going to go and tap me on the shoulder and say, I'd really like it if you did this at church? And is that what we're looking for? We just want to be better than someone else. Paul says, no, your gifts are given to you. Be humble. They, they're a present from God. How, how can you be proud of that? If you're brilliant at playing music, that's because your gifts have been given to you. Rejoice in that. If you haven't been given that gift, 
rejoice that God's given that gift to them. 1 Corinthians 4 says, what do you have that you did not receive? You see, there's no space for superiority. So just make sure that, we need to make sure that we don't have a gift hierarchy. We're all different but interdependent. When one suffers, verse 26, all suffer. When one rejoices, all rejoice as we do life in the body of Christ together. So we need to look in the mirror and ask ourselves what we see in the local church. We need to look hard and ask ourselves what we find. Do we, do we see a body which is growing because each person is using their gifts for the good of others? That is what God wanted for the church in Corinth, the problematic church in Corinth, and that's what God wants for the church in Islington too. Shall we pray for that? Let's pray. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Father God, thank you that we're interdependent. Uh, thank you that we are united in the one body. Thank you that we're to use our gifts for the good of others. Thank you that we're not to feel inferior, not to feel unwanted, and we're not to feel superior as if others are unwanted. And so I pray, Father, we'd know there's only one kind of Christian, uh, Jesus is Lord kind of Christian. And so we would delight to identify our gifts and put them to work for your glory. And we ask in your name. Amen.